Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. An encounter with him. That's what it's all about. That's why we come to church. We don't come to church just to, you know, fill a time on a Wednesday night or to hear a particular minister or to go get our flesh tickled. We go to get, have an encounter with Jesus. At least that's why we should be going. And the Holy Spirit is so good that that's actually what I'm talking about this evening, <laughs> is having an encounter with Jesus. And you know, I was just praying at the weekend, and that word just came up in my spirit, that word encounter. And when I was praying over the service at the weekend, I was, you know, the Lord was just like, be praying for people to come and seek an encounter from me. Seek an encounter. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? Are you seeking an experience? Are you seeking a feeling? Or are you seeking a true encounter with your Lord and Savior? And church, that's where we should be. That's what we should be seeking after. That's what we should be going after. And that's what our lives should look like every day, seeking after him, putting every other distraction aside and just going after him. That's what it's all about. Luke chapter 11, in verse 9, it says, So I say to you, ask and you receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will, be, it will one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. Are you persistent this evening? Are you persistently seeking after him? You know, the answer to what the world's looking for is Jesus. Okay, the answer to what we were looking for and we found it was Jesus. Okay, that's what we were looking for. That was the answer. We don't find him and then just stop seeking after him. It's not a one-off experience at salvation. It's a daily lifestyle, seeking after him, pressing in deeper, going after deeper levels of him. Seeking after that intimacy, just like the Holy Spirit was trying to do this evening. It was powerful. Wanting people, he wants to have an encounter with us. Yes. He wants to have an encounter with us. Amen. And we have, to, we have to seek it out. We have to want those things. Right. A refreshment and a strength comes from being in his presence. A refreshment and a strength, being in that intimate place. You know that word, encounter? I looked it up what it meant because it was just kept coming up and kept coming up. And I was like, Lord... I had, I had intended going somewhere else tonight, but I, 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 that was all I had. And then as I just kept praying about it, Lord was just share this and share that. And that word encounter means to come upon face to face, a particular kind of meeting or experience with another person, a romantic encounter. Are you romancing your savior? You know, when you're romantically pursuing somebody, you go after them. You can't, you can't bear to not be in their presence. You want to be with them all the time. Every opportunity you get, you want to be with them. Okay? 
And how has the church got to a place where they just, they're okay, they settle with coming to church on a Wednesday or a Sunday, and then the rest of their week, they're just so distracted with everything else that they're not seeking after him. They're, they're seeking after a, a, something that they can feel or something that can, they can come to church and have an experience and then they just leave it there and they forget about it. And it's not something that they, it's not a lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. And church people, and I said this last week, I can't remember, but it was when you're so on fire, when you're so on fire with God, it spreads to other people. When you're so full of him from being in his presence, when you're in his presence, you get filled up. You get filled up to overflowing. And it's not just for us. We get our benefits out of it. But we're, we're filled up so we're overflowing. Like rivers of living water is for, that, people, that will flow out of us. So other people can be changed. Other people can see what we have and want it. We can lead people to him. To come upon face to face. I thought that was powerful. To, be, to just want to be face to face with him with our Lord and Savior. We need to get to a place where that's what we're seeking. It changes everything. He turned our world around. He welcomed us into our, his family. He welcomed us into his family. Not only that, but we now have a relationship with him and we get to walk in his goodness. Like what a privilege, church. What a privilege, when you, truly have, when you have truly encountered him, you want more and more. Can anyone testify to that this evening? You just want more. It's never enough. It's never enough. You become a junkie for his presence. A junkie for his presence. To talk to him, learn from him, commune with him, be surrounded and engulfed with him. Be surrounded and engulfed with him. What does the Bible tell us to do in Psalm 34, verse 8? Taste and see that I am good. Taste and see. Church, once you've tasted, that's it. That's it. Taste and see. We don't ever want to leave. We just want to sit at his feet all day. We just want to sit at his feet all day. His presence and his word changes everything. That's something we say around here. His presence and his word will change everything about you. Are you longing for his presence? Is it what you're prioritizing? Is it what you're continually seeking? And like I said, not a feeling, not a particular person, not a man, not a particular church. What, what's your preference? Are you seeking him? Are you seeking him? What, that's where we go wrong. Our eyes come off him. And they go on to other things, other people, distractions. And we think we're going after him, but we're not. It's him. Focus on seeking after him. And you know, as I was looking over those things, the Lord brought a, something up to me that I want to share with you in the word. I have two different examples. And one of them is just how, I want to show you how distractions can so easily take away from that time. And we need to be mindful. We need to know what they are. We need to identify them and we need to get rid of them so they don't stop us. So they don't stop us going after him. Seek his face continually. Don't allow distractions to rob you. Go with me to Luke chapter 10. And it's a very popular portion of scripture and it's Mary and Martha. 
okay? Two sisters, friends of Jesus, okay? Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that, that good part, which will not be taken from her. I will not take that from her. In the Passion Translation, it says that Mary sat down attentively before her master, absorbing every revelation he had. She sat attentively at his feet, absorbing every revelation he shared. Mary chose to sit at his feet in his presence. She wanted to know what he had to say. She wanted to know what she could. She was like a sponge. She just wanted more of him. She, she knew that there was other things that had to be done, but she didn't care because that was more important to her. That's where her priorities lay. She said, I'm not missing this opportunity. Jesus is here. My Lord and Savior is here. I'm not missing this opportunity to have an encounter with him. I could be too busy running around doing everything else. Running around doing other things, keeping us busy in church or serving in the kingdom and you're lacking the intimacy. You're running around serving. Oh, I'm doing the Lord's work. But you're not spending time. You're not seeking an encounter with him. And church, you'll, you'll burn out. You'll burn out. If you're not getting filled up with him in his presence, you'll burn out. He wants to keep filling us up and filling us up and filling us up so we can pour back out. Inward, outward flow. Inward, outward flow. It's not an inward flow so we can bottle it all up and have everything for ourselves. It's so we can give out to other people. Like we were praying in service. Somebody prayed it out before the service. Like we've received so much now. It's time to start giving out. We've received so much. Martha was distracted with the less important task and she got annoyed that Mary wasn't helping her. I'm sure Martha would have loved to sit at Jesus' feet too. You know, and many times we, that desire is there. Okay, that desire to sit is there, but we just don't know how to, we don't know how to manage our flesh. We don't know how to prioritize our time and we don't know how to rid the distractions. So sometimes our heart is there, but we're just so busy doing other things, it's taken away from that encounter. It's taken away from that encounter. Things need to get done, but we need to be intentional with our time, church. Jesus was intentional to make sure he spent time with his Father. He, like... Jesus is our perfect example in everything. And he went about ministering to people, laying hands on the sick, teaching, just sitting with people. And he needed that alone time. Several examples in the word, it says, Jesus went away to a quiet place. Went away to a quiet place. Why was he going? To get filled back up, to commune, to have an encounter with his father. Father. 
Are you seeking an encounter? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling burned out? Are you feeling worn down? And it's an easy way for the enemy to get in when we're tired and our defenses are in and we don't know what's going on. And get back to that secret place. Get back to getting after that encounter. Encounter him. Be intentional. His presence comes first. He longs for us to spend time with him and we should long, we should be longing to spend time with him also. He told Martha, I'm not going to take that away from your sister. She's chosen the right thing. She's chosen the right thing. Like I said, in his presence, church, we change, we grow, we re-energize, we get refreshed. Why would we not want that? Why would we, why would we sacrifice that for something else that's going to wear us out? That's going to wear us out. It's in these encounters that we have an opportunity to receive what we need. But there's also a time of revealing. And this is why many, time, many times people run away from his presence because sometimes things get revealed to us that make us feel uncomfortable. And sometimes he wants to reveal things because he wants to cut them things off. He wants to get rid of them. He want, he, they're hindrances. They're hindrances. See, sometimes in his presence, things get exposed. Things get exposed maybe that you're trying to hide or you can't hide anything from him. You can't hide anything from him. It'll come to the surface. He'll want to deal with those things because he doesn't want anything to put a wedge. He doesn't want anything to, to, to take your time. He's a jealous God. He wants you to be seeking after him. So things, it's, it's a time of revealing. Think These things can act as barriers to stop you from perceiving or doing what he wants you to do. And you know, I want to look at the word I'll take this up next week because I won't get it all done tonight, but I want to look at the Word and look at some examples of how people went and intentionally sought an encounter with Jesus and how it transformed their life. But first I want to look at how an encounter with Jesus can forever change you, okay? If you're willing to receive it from Him. If you're willing to receive from Him, okay? Turn with me to John chapter 4 real quick and we'll try and get some of this done and this is about the Samaritan woman at the well. Another powerful story of another great encounter with Jesus. And you know, church, a lot of this, you know, this, some people can, I've heard this talked about as if it's salvational. You know, and it can, it's powerful, it can be used in that way. But I, I want to look at it in a way that it, this isn't just a one-off thing. There's times where we can... We need to continually and continually and continually seek after him. And that's, we get so much from it. We get so much from it. John chapter 4. Verse 5. So we came to a city which was called Samaria. Which is, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth. Yes. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, 
ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You see, the Jews avoided the Samaritan people, okay? They didn't even go through, they would have went around the long way to get to where they needed to go rather than go through Samaria. They were a racially mixed people and the Jews considered them unclean. So they, they didn't want to have any dealings with them, okay? So they didn't have any dealings with each other. So this woman came to the well, it was about 12 noon, okay? And it was the heat of the day. And she went there at that time for a reason. Because she didn't want any other... She knew there wouldn't be anybody else there. Okay? So she was very surprised to see Jesus, who was, a jo who, who was a Jew, sitting at the well. And then even more surprised that he started to talk to her. Okay? And ask her for a drink. So that's what we just seen. She was not expecting him to talk to her and ask her for a drink. She didn't know who Jesus was at this point, but she knew who he was, that he was a Jew, and she was surprised that he took interest in her, okay? The first thing I want to show you about an encounter with Jesus is he doesn't operate like we do, okay? He doesn't, sometimes we have a picture or we, we can expect something, and he doesn't do, the, he doesn't do things the way we do them. He has his own ideas, Okay? He's so full of love and compassion and he sees us differently than we see ourselves. How many times have we sought him for something? Maybe it's an answer to something we've been dealing with. We've been seeking him out for something, for guidance, for, for that direction. But he just poured out his love on us and gave us more of himself and then the things that we thought we were concerned about or the, thought that, or the things that we thought were bothering us, they just fizzle away. Or he tells us something else and shows us a different direction as, and we were just completely off. We were completely off. He, he, can just, he doesn't do things like we expect sometimes. We want to know specific details about our call or about something else. And once we get into his presence, once we get into that one-to-one -one time, that one-to-one -one encounter, he could show us something completely different than what it was that we were looking for. He never disappoints church. He never lets us down. Never lets us down. Jesus had this woman at the well engaged from the start because he acted differently than she expected. He acted differently than she expected. From verse 10, he said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, but you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you saying that you are greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank it from himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus always points us in the right direction. He always points us in the right direction. He will show us even what we don't see or understand. At first, we can see that this woman thought Jesus was talking about the water in the well. She didn't understand. She thought he meant the physical water. 
And when he offered him her the living water, she didn't know how he was going to draw it up with. She lacked that understanding. She didn't know what he had to offer, but yet he opened the dialogue and got her looking in the right direction. So sometimes we are so far off and he just steers us back. Those encounters gets us right back to where we should be. She went to him. She didn't even go looking for something. But when he said, give me a drink, that opened up a dialogue where he could start saying, this is what you need. You think you need this water, but I know what you really need. She didn't ask the question, but he pointed her in that, in that way where she could start pulling from him. Where she could start pulling from him. He knows what we need, church, before we do. He knows. Even after our first encounter with, with him at salvation, he will continue to point us in the right direction through the leading of the Holy Spirit. He continues to point us in the right direction. He can answer questions that we didn't even know we had. How can we do, how can he do these things? How can he continue to lead us? How can he, you know, shift us to a different way unless we seek him out? Unless we're going after him, unless we're in that intimate place, seeking an encounter with him. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. But the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have none. For you have five husbands, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And then I'll read that part in a minute. But she goes, <laughs> You see, this is what I meant about sometimes when we're in an encounter with Jesus, things get exposed. That makes us feel uncomfortable. Our sin will get exposed, okay? Because he wants us to deal with them. He wants us to, he doesn't want them to act as a blockage to us. He doesn't, want to, he, he doesn't want them to stop us from receiving from him. So he wants us to deal with them. He, there's a revealing and there's a cutting off if we're willing to yield to him. If we're willing to yield to him. A Jesus encounter will reveal parts of our lives that need addressed. Our sin will be exposed and it can be challenging. But if we learn to yield and allow him to cut these things away, there's freedom. There's freedom in a church. Many people run from his presence because they feel shame or guilt or condemnation. And we're going to see that Jesus so gently, lovingly points it out to her. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't condemn her. He, point, he gently points it out to her so she can realize it and start dealing, make, the, make the decision to deal with it and change her ways. Okay? He doesn't reveal it to her and then say, you're a sinner now. I, have nothing more, I want nothing more to do with you. Okay? Many times do we as Christians act like that towards other people. We, we find out something about them and we don't want to know anything more. We don't want to know anything more about them. We don't want to, we don't want to pour into them. We don't, want to, we don't want to do what we're called to do. And that's wrong, church. Take your example from Jesus. He gently, gently, gently corrects her. What I love about this encounter with him is how gentle and loving he is. He knew what this woman was doing and what her struggles were from the very beginning. He knew. He specifically went there to meet her. He went there to meet her. He reveals the parts of our hearts that we try to hide because he doesn't want sin 
to place a wedge. These things will stop us from doing what he's called us to do, church. Don't let them stop you. Don't let them stop you. And see, many times we, we can feel those, those things and it stops us from seeking out his presence. It stops us from going after him. We may have one or two encounters or three or four over the space of a couple or loads, daily ones over the space of a couple of months and years. And then something happens and we let something in and we stop seeking him out. We get lazy, we get in the flesh, we get our eyes off him and we start to get burnt out. We start to get further away from his presence and that's not where we need to be. Instead of running from his presence, we should be running to him, running to him. His arms are open, ready, ready to pour out on us. I love how he said to her, he gave her the opportunity to reveal it herself by saying, go get your husband. He then confronts the issue. He doesn't, and the, <laughs> he doesn't shy away from this because it might be uncomfortable, because it might offend her, because it might stop her from receiving from him. No, he deals with it head on. He deals with it head on. And church, that's what we need to do. We need to deal with it head on. Don't shy away from these things. He will always deal with the heart. She goes on to ask, I perceive that you are, I perceive that you are a prophet because you know everything I've ever done. Okay? Then she goes on to ask him about where should we worship? You know, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We worship here in this mountain. You don't. You say it's wrong. Where should we worship? Here? There? And she, Jesus then points it back. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who's called Christ. When he comes, he'll tell us all things. Jesus said, it is I. I am he. I am who you are looking for. He'll always deal with the heart. When she then asked about where people should worship, he brought it back to a heart issue. He didn't want her to get distracted by religious traditions. He didn't want to get her distracted by other things. He circled back to what was happening in that moment. What was happening now? Those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. I'm going to give you this living water. You can worship me in spirit and in truth. Don't allow distractions stop you from dealing with what he needs to be dealt with. When we encounter him and his presence, he will deal with what's going on in our heart. Even if we try and even, sometimes we can try and run away from it. Who's experienced that? He's trying to deal, something, deal with us with something and we try and run away from it and it just keeps coming back up. It keeps coming back up. He keeps showing us something. It keeps coming back up. It keeps coming back up because he wants us to deal with it. We may try and distract ourselves with something else. We may try and pour ourselves in somewhere so maybe, or maybe he'll forget about it. You know, no church, you need to deal with it. He doesn't want us to get distracted with these things. I'm just going to, I'll just finish with this point. It's not my fault, okay? Because, so if I go on till 11, it's not my fault. I didn't get enough time. I'm, just, I'm only joking. I, I won't be long. But I just want to read from verse 27. When his disciples came back, they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or what are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went into her, 
went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things I ever done. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And if you skip down to verse 39, just for time's sake, it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him, with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said. You got us here, but we've heard him for ourselves. For we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the Lord. Church, I love this part of the story because you see the joy, the joy that she got from that encounter. Do you want joy? Do you want a refreshment? Do you want, like, are you fighting depression? Are you fighting those things that's trying to come against you? An encounter with him, that, that stuff can't stand in his presence. And you'll be so full of joy and bubbling over. She dropped her water pot and left it there. That was why she went in the first place, was to fill up water. And she was that full of joy, that full of, you know, she went to fill up natural water for herself looking after her own needs, only concerned about her own needs, but she left wanting to pour out to other people. She wanted to come hear what I've heard. Church, that's what an encounter with Jesus will do. It'll make you so full that you want to just pour it out to the people around you. You just want to pour it back out. She was so full of joy, so full of joy that she didn't even, the, why she came, that natural means of why she came, she, it, just, it just fizzled away. She said, I need to go and give this to people. What I've received, I need to go give it to people. I need to go tell people, this is the Christ. Come and see. She went to the well at this time of the day, like I said, to avoid people because she would have been judged for her lifestyle. And then she runs into the city where everybody is to tell them about Jesus to tell them about Jesus. Because church, an encounter with Jesus won't make you conscious of your sin. It won't make you sin conscious. Don't run from it because you, you feel like you'll feel ashamed. Because he's so loving. He's so gentle. He'll want you to deal with it. He'll want you to deal with it. But she didn't care. She wouldn't go where other people were because she would have been judged. People would have known the life she was living. People would have known the life she was living and she would have been judged and she didn't want to be around people because she didn't want to hear it. But then she, didn't, she threw everything aside and went into that city to tell people about Jesus. That's how so full of joy, that's how much an Jesus encounter changed her. An encounter with Jesus changes everything. Not just a one-off encounter. Not just, oh yeah, I've encountered Jesus at salvation, I found him, okay. No. It's a daily lifestyle, seeking after him, seeking his presence, seeking his face. You will feel refreshed and full of joy. It's in this place where you find everything you need. When we truly encounter him and taste his presence, we just can't keep it bottled up for ourselves. We can't keep it bottled up for ourselves. She couldn't help but pour it out. It should compel us to share the work that he's done and continues to do in our hearts with the people around us. A lifestyle of encounters, a lifestyle of encounters with Jesus will fill us up so we can then go and tell others about him. This 
woman became the first New Testament evangelist to win a city for Christ with one encounter with Jesus. One encounter. St. Fatini, whose heart was revealed, her sin was exposed by her Messiah sitting at a well, but she went on to do many exploits for him. She won so many people for Christ. What if she hadn't have been willing to yield? What if she had a ran off in embarrassment? What if she hadn't received what he was willing to give because of what she was trying to conceal or hide? But she yielded. She dealt with it. She dealt with it. Jesus lovingly, lovingly pointed it out to her and said, this, this needs sorted. This needs dealt with. The name given to this woman means enlightened one. Enlightened one. She was so full of light. She was so full of light. Are you full of the light of Jesus? A Jesus encounter will fill you with the light. Fill you that you're bursting out blinding people around you. Blinding people around you. Church, I'm going to leave it there, but I think that's, I think that's amazing how the Holy Spirit just worked this evening, how that just word was coming up. And he just, wants, he just wants an encounter. But don't come, you don't have to come to church to have an encounter. It's a daily thing. It's in your intimacy with him. It's in your quiet time. It's you seeking out him. It's your seeking out him. Don't wait. Don't seek out man to do it for you. Don't seek out man to do it for you. Go after it yourself. Go after it yourself. He's waiting. He wants to encounter you. He wants to have an encounter. I'll leave it there for tonight. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you. We thank you, Father, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord. Lord, you're so, uh, Lord, you're so amazing. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. We just want to glorify you. We want to magnify you, Lord. We want to honor you. And so, Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful, Father, for the opportunity to have an encounter with you this evening. Something that you were just bubbling up on the inside of these, of these people, Lord, to have an encounter with you. Lord, Lord Holy Spirit, you had, you had planned this, Lord. You'd planned this. You're so faithful, Lord. You know exactly what we need, when we need it. Oh, Lord, help us to yield to you. Help us to yield, Father. Lord, help us. If you're trying to show us things, Lord, in those encounters, if you're trying to show us what needs to be dealt with, what needs to be cut off, that we'll yield to those things. We'll yield to your voice and we'll do what, you've tell, what you're telling us to do. Father, we want to be so full of light like this Samaritan woman. We want to be so full of joy that it is bursting. It's bursting out to the people around us. That we have so much in us that we can't help but overflow. And Father, Lord, help us keep our eyes on where it should be, on your kingdom, on you and your kingdom, winning people for you, winning souls for Christ. Help us not get distracted like we talked about, about the trivial things. Trivial things that don't matter, that aren't important, but we'll constantly keep our eyes on you, constantly seeking out that encounter. And Father, we thank you for your protection. We speak Psalm 91 over each and every person in this church body. We thank you, Father, Lord, that we dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, we dwell in your secret place. We dwell there. We live there, Father. We're under your protection. Angels are taking charge over us everywhere we go. We're protected in our homes. We're protected in our workplace. We're, we're protected to and from wherever we're going. 
Lord, your hand is upon us. And I also thank you, Lord, for an opportunity, Lord, for those that, that, that want to sow into your kingdom tonight. Lord, that want to sow, Father, Lord, that you bless our seed. Lord, that you've blessed, Lord, the labor of our hands. And we thank you, Father, for each and every giver in this church. We thank you, Father, Lord, that they, Lord, that they are starting to realize what the heart of it is about. Lord, that they have a heart. They're so full of love for you. They're so full of obedience and sacrifice to you that they just want to give what's already yours, what you've so faithfully poured out on us, Lord. And thank you, Father, Lord, for the faith to step out and believe for bigger things, to believe for mighty moves in your kingdom. Lord, thank you, Lord, for people planting, planting seeds and for an opportunity to plug into what you're doing on this earth. Not just so we can get blessed back, Lord. That shouldn't be our only motive, Lord, but it should be so people, we can reach the world. We can reach the world. So, Father, Lord, I ask you to bless. I ask to the, bless the givers in this house. You bless, Lord, every single euro that comes in. Lord, that it's going to be sowed into your kingdom and lives will be forever changed. And I thank you for it, Father, Lord, that here at this church, we are covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word, and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.